Lifestyle Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him, in Hebrews eleven six, Our faith grows as we learn who God truly is. Just one look, even a glance at Psalms 144 will fill your heart with such confidence in God and assurance that God is able that you will easily be transformed to walk by faith and not by sight. In part two of this five-part series on the characteristic roles of God, Come take a journey with Kim through the scriptures, focusing on Psalms 144, and let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this broadcast of Woman at the Well Ministries, and how wonderful it is to be able to spend the next few moments with you just really starting to unpack the characteristic roles of God. Last part of our series, which was the first part, of our five-part series on the characteristics of God. We spoke on He is our Lord, and we spoke on He is our strength. Today, we are going to focus on He is our teacher, and He is our goodness. You know, if you take each of these characteristics that we're going to talk about, which are just a picture of who God is, each one of them by themselves would be enough to celebrate who He was, enough to motivate us and inspire us to be excited about the God we serve. But when you collectively put them all together and you see the depth of his love for us and you understand his capabilities, his omnipotence and his omniscience, when you have the realization that when these all come together, our hearts just can't help but be overjoyed about who God is and we know him. But more importantly, he knows us. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that you would remove me from the message. Lord, that you would open the hearts and minds of each person that is hearing this podcast and that you would speak to them directly about what it is you would have them to hear. Lord, illuminate the passage for us. Let your words penetrate our hearts and let it fill our minds with your goodness, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for the way that you particularly care for us, so individually, so completely, and so amazingly wonderfully. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. We're playing out of the part of the scripture in Psalms 144, verses 1 through 3, and I want to read them again in your hearing. It says, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, 
who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? You know, today you may be feeling like you don't matter. You may think that not a thing you've ever said or a thing that you've done has, as they would say in my neck of the woods, mount to a hill of beans. But the reality of it is what he says about you in this passage gives you all the worth that you need. It tells you that you're enough in him. It tells you that you are so wonderfully made and so intricately important to him that he has his mind on you and that he makes account of you. You know, the people that we love and the people that we're interested in, we know their goings and their comings. We know their accomplishments. We also know their challenges. We know the things about them that matter to them because if it matters to them, it matters to us. And I want to tell you something. Someone may not have told you this or at least may not have said this to you today. But if it matters to you, it matters to the master. See, he is intricately involved in every detail and every moment of your life. The situation arises when we don't allow him into every situation and every moment of our life. When we decide that we're going to be king of our heart and we're going to be the captain of our life, when we're going to be the Lord of our decisions, when we're going to be the director of the story of our lives, that's the problem. See, because what we need to do is put our trust in he who cannot fail. To put our faith in a God that knows the plans that he has for us to prosper us, to give us a hope and an expected end. To put our trust and faith in the one who goes before us, who surrounds us, who knows tomorrow before it ever begins, begins, who gives us the strength necessary for the day. You know, I was thinking as I was sitting here reading through this passage of Scripture how important it is to remember that when he fed the people from the manna from the sky, that he gave them just what they needed. They were not to collect the manna and hoard it for the next day, but just what they needed except when they weren't going to get it on that Sabbath. And so they were to collect just enough for that day and the following day. But if they collected more than they needed, it rotted. And that reminds me of the scripture that tells us that the evil of the day is sufficient thereof. I think we get so caught up in trying to provide for ourselves that we forget that that is God's job and he's on the scene and he is on the job. And so we begin to meddle in what it is that we think we need to have and how it is that we need to direct our lives and how it is that we need to provide for ourselves. And when we begin to do that, we leave God out of it. And the next thing you know, we're in a mess. But the characteristics of God that we're going to study today are him being our teacher and he being our goodness. And so if we can keep those 
accounts that are brought to our memory about how he provides what we need, no more and no less. And when we put our faith wholly in him, then we can count on the fact that we're going to have what we need, but we've got to get out of the way and let him provide the way. Because he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, he loves us enough to not be winging it, folks. He's not winging your life. Used to sing a song when I was growing up, and then one of the lines and was winging my way back to glory, and I'm still not quite sure what that meant, but I do believe it meant we were flying on the wings of Jesus. But when we say it in our colloquial views that I'm winging it, that means I've had no plan, I've had no thought, I've had no study. I don't wing these podcasts. I study so that God can bring to remembrance those things I have need of when I have need of them. But I want you to rest assured that he's not winging your life today. And he's not going to wing it tomorrow or next week or any day hereafter. He has a plan for you, as we told in Jeremiah 29, 11, and we alluded to earlier, to prosper you, to give you a hope. He's on the scene, and he is the way, and he is leading you and directing you. But you still get the option to choose to follow, to listen, to heed, and to obey. Or you can wing it on your own. Because I don't care the best laid plans of yours will never match the plans of his. See, he, he knows what lies ahead. And all of your obstacles have passed through Nailsgard hands that have already proven that he paid a price for you. And he paid a debt he didn't owe that you couldn't pay before you were ever born. So your greatest need he met before you became a person. And you wonder if you'll meet the rest of your needs when you have a working, walking relationship with him? He didn't save you to drop you. He saved you to keep you. And you know what? I'm not married. I don't have any children. God has not that in my plans, and I've never lacked because of it. But I am a kept woman. I'm kept safely in the arms of Jesus. And you, too, can be kept safely in the arms of Jesus. But it requires being teachable. We have to learn the characteristics of God and learn to trust and learn to place our faith in him. Because he has the answer for every problem that we're ever going to have. He has the solution for every issue that comes in our path. And so when we're looking for answers, we need to look to Jesus. It says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when we look to the word of God, you hear this from me on a regular basis, we are looking to Jesus. When we bow our hearts in prayer and open our minds to receiving what God has for us and we ask him for his direction 
and we commit our lives to following after him, then we are given the opportunity to walk in his ways. And we seize it when we choose to obey. You can ask for help from a lot of different sources. There certainly isn't anything wrong with asking for help from your Christians, brothers, and sisters, but make sure that their advice lines up with the Word of God. Certainly take advantage of the opportunity to have your friends and family who know Jesus to pray for you. But let Jesus be the one who's teaching you. See, in Psalms 25, 12, he says, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. I have a healthy fear of the Lord. I don't fear him in a way that I'm afraid to come to him because he tells me in Hebrews chapter 14, that I'm to, uh, in chapter 4, that I'm to come boldly to the throne of grace and find help in time of need and mercy. But I also know who God is. And I know what he said. I know he said to follow his commandments. I know he said to love him. I know that he is a God that is also our judge. And he enables us to walk in a way that pleases him. But when I am rebellious, there are consequences. We're told in Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There are consequences to not obeying God. So I, for one, am excited to know that the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, dwells inside of me. And John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So many people come to me and tell me they don't understand what the Bible says. But I want to submit to you that if you pray before you read and you invoke the assistance of the Holy Spirit that dwells in the believer's heart, It says very plainly in John 14, 26, that he will teach you. See, he teaches us through making us understand the word of God. He teaches us through that still, small voice, not to be confused with your conscience. Conscience can be a very fleshly thing, and if it's not under the blood, it will lead you astray. Rationing out things, using your rationale, using your knowledge, Using facts and figures will often lead you astray. Because when you do that, you're depending on you. You're depending on yourself. You're setting yourself up as the one who is making the decisions. There's one decision you have to make every day, and that is to follow Jesus. And he'll take care of the rest. And it's that Holy Spirit inside of you as we're told in John chapter 14 and verse 26, that's going to teach us the things that we need to know. So listen to the still small voice. And if you're a little confused as to whether or not it's Jesus talking or the Holy Spirit or, or whether it's just like your minds, 
If it goes contrary to the word of God, it's not the Holy Spirit. If it is telling you something that is lined up with the Holy Spirit's teachings and the teaching of Jesus in the Bible, if it, if it stays in line with his characteristics, you can pretty much be sure. But when you bow your heart to pray, you can ask. And we're told he will teach us. In Isaiah 48, 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. We opened up this time together discussing how we wanted so desperately to understand that God would direct us and he would lead us and he would teach us, but that we have to follow. The greatest words ever spoken are from Genesis to Revelations. There is nothing that fails from Genesis to Revelations. There's no contradiction. There is no misleading. If you follow from Genesis to Revelations and you follow the characteristics of God and stay in the center of his will, you will have a life beyond what you can imagine, blessed fully. But all of those blessed words of God, if they're not heeded, if they're not employed, if they're not accepted and put to use, in your life, they're not going to change you because you have a choice. You can be taught by God and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. You can meditate day and night as the psalmist David tells us to on his word. You can walk by faith and not by sight because you trust in the infallible word of God and you can hear the whispers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Or you can choose to lay that down and pick up your own rationale, your own knowledge, your own what you think is wisdom, and you will fail. You will fail despite the loving hands of God reaching for you. The incredible words of the Holy Spirit beckoning you to follow. And the amazing transformational truths laid before you to give you the life he's planned. He's a teacher. And his words are true. But a teacher is only as good as though those who they teach choose to follow their teachings. You can trust him. You can follow him. He says in Psalms 32, 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou should go. I will guide thee with mine eye. You see, we are told in the scriptures that he never sleeps nor slumbers. And that his eyes go to and fro watching those who are his. Again, he's not winging it for your life. 
He has a plan. You don't have to know tomorrow because you know who holds tomorrow. You don't have to see the end at the beginning because you know who's at the end. It's the same who's at the beginning and all the way through because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to be surprised by anything that happens. You're not going to end up one day short of the knowledge you need to do the call on your life if you've listened to him. You won't lack your needs if you followed after him because he said he'd supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. But if you're on the avenue of doubt and fear and the blessings and the supplies are coming out on the avenue of grace and faith, you're going to miss them but he still was dulling them out. See, he keeps his word because he's good. We're told in Acts that he went about doing good. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we don't have Christ as our Savior, we are living a sinful life fleshly life and the flesh is death because we know that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life and when we have that transforming moment where we put our faith and our trust in a God that cannot fail when we allow him to be the king of our hearts the lord of our lives and to direct our our paths when we allow that to happen, happen, there is a regeneration, a rebirth that Nicodemus had so much trouble understanding because Nicodemus had a hard time getting out of his head and following his heart. He had a hard time getting out of what he was, self-sufficient. He had an understanding of how things should go, and it was hard for Nicodemus to submit himself to a God that couldn't fail. It was hard for Nicodemus to understand that he had to give everything up that he knew because he had to rely solely and wholly on God and his son Jesus, who shed his blood to wash his sins white as snow. And that, that new creature now is the temple of a holy God. And I'm telling you right now, your life should look different than somebody who doesn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. There should be a difference in the way that you walk, in the way that you talk, in your want-tos and in your desires. I was saved when I was five, so I didn't have to change a whole lot of things in my life. But let me tell you what, my mind and my heart was changed because I believed in a God that would never leave me, in a God whose arms I could feel wrapped around me, in a God whose whispers I could hear speak to me, in a God who led me and directed me. I understood that I wasn't my own, but I was bought with a price and that there was a plan for my life and it would be more than I could imagine. It would be greater than I could create for myself. It would be a life that God had for me and that he had planned way before I was ever born. And each step along my life both obstacles and stepping stones were intricately and delicately placed in front of my feet that I might live out his call on my life. And I'm no different than you. 
See, old things are passed away and all things have become new. And death and sin no longer have a hold on me. And there's no more condemnation to them that love the Lord. I am free indeed by the Holy Spirit dwelling in me to teach me and to show me by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ who saved me because I believed in this man called Jesus who was both man and God. I don't understand all of how that works. I don't have to. See, the more I understand, the more I get in the way. The more I know Jesus, the more I want to know him. When I start adding pieces together and trying to figure out how all these things work, I'm still stuck on elements, folks. I don't get atoms. And I'm a scientist. I don't get how everything is made by these little teeny tiny things that nobody can see and they split and they move and they do all these amazing things and negative and positive electrons fly all around them and suddenly we have a board. I don't get that. And to really make you doubt my credibility as a scientist, I understand all the physics behind how a ship floats on the water. But when I sink in the water, I'm always thinking, why am I not floating? I don't have to know why the ship sails to get on it. I don't have to know how Jesus works to know he's real and to get on board with his plan. I love him today. In Philippians 3.9, he says, And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I am nothing without him. My deeds are all as filthy rags. But by the cleansing of the blood of, the Jesus, of Jesus Christ, my Savior, the Lamb of God, though my sins were scarlet, they're washed white as snow. I am nothing without him, but in him I am all things because he is all things to me. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I am redeemed. That's a song the angels cannot sing. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God. He loved me enough to come to where I was and bring me to where he is. I walk hand in hand with a God that loves me, the only God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three in one, and the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And it's his righteousness, not mine. It's the righteousness of God that he imputes in me. That when God looks on me, he sees the blood of his Son. He doesn't see my sins. He doesn't see my frailties. He doesn't see my failures. He doesn't even see my doubts. He sees the possibility I am by the blood of the Lamb. 
he sees in me his child. Oh, how I pray that you understand 2 Corinthians 5.21 that says, For he, made him to, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, he's our teacher. He's our goodness. And he teaches us to use our goodness for the upbuilding of the kingdom. Not like some crazy weirdo cult thing, but because of what Jesus has done for me, I seriously want him to do it for you. I want you to know what it's like to close your eyes and feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. The characteristics we've looked at today are he's a teacher and he is good. And our goodness is Jesus. We looked before that he's our Lord and he's our strength. I encourage you to look at Psalms 144 and joining us in our next podcast as we talk about he is our fortress and he is our high tower. Until we meet again, remember you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved.
a happy girl.